Welcome to Montgomery Talk. I'm Doug Tolman, senior reporter at Montgomery Community Media, coming to you from our podcast studios in Rockville. Today I'm speaking with Kevin O'Rourke, who started Germantown Pulse nearly five years ago. It's a website devoted to the news of the Germantown area. Welcome, Mr. O'Rourke. Hello, Doug. How are you? I'm just fine. <laughs> so let's start off. What led you to start Germantown Pulse? What led me to start the Pulse? Uh, I started it because uh, I we moved to uh, Germantown in 2010. Before that, I was uh, we were in, I grew up in New Jersey. I lived in New Jersey. I was a reporter for local newspapers in New Jersey. Right out of college, I got a I got a job working for local weeklies, and I loved it. It was something I really enjoyed. It was 80 hours a week for twelve thousand dollars a year, and it was I loved it. It was but it was news that everybody could use. When we moved to Maryland. We got down here and I started reading the Gazette, which was good. I saw the paper for what it was. I knew, understood how they did things. And I sent them my resume and they looked at my resume and said, this guy's going to want too much money and never called me back. Or they said, wow, we can't afford to hire anybody or whatever. For whatever reason, they didn't, I never heard back from them. But I knew that living in Germantown, and I had been in Germantown three or four years at this point, that there was more news than was being covered in the Gazette happening in Germantown. Not that they didn't want to do it, not that they were had a, a, you know, some, some sort of nefarious reason for not covering things. They just had a, a certain amount of column inches. They didn't have a great online presence. And I knew that online was something that, I, that could be done easily. I, I figured I'd just kind of fill in the cracks. I would try to do do breaking news when it happened. I would do, and I, and I would do little things. What's the PTAs doing? Three high schools. And I couldn't believe that not that every weekend, the one of the high school football games was not covered by the Gazette every week. It kind of blew my mind because I grew up in North Jersey where, you know, if you're not unfamiliar with the way North Jersey is in Bergen County where I grew up, each town is its little fiefdom with its own police department, its own, I grew up in a town that was a mile square and we had our own police department, our own school system, our own superintendent of schools, our own mayor, our own everything. And, you know, my property taxes were also about three times as much as they are here in Montgomery County, but you give, you give and you get. So I, I and it also had a weekly newspaper that covered that town. And I, I, I didn't work for that one, but I worked for other papers that did cover their own town. And they covered the, the, the basketball game. They covered the Friday night football game. They covered the local news. And it concerned me that a town the size of Germantown, which was bigger than any town I had lived in, more certainly more diverse, bigger than any town I'd lived in, with three, with two high schools, three if you count Clarksburg, and about a third of the Clarksburg students are actually Germantown kids. They, uh, there was no newspaper devoted just for that. The Germantown's a big city, which is no real, not really a city. It's just kind of a hundred thousand people thrown together, living next to each other, and there was nobody to kind of connect all that. And it, it, I said, I could, try to, I could try to do that. And then the, the Gazette, as I said, the Gazette did a good job, but they had a certain amount of column inches and that's what they filled. And when they filled it, they've, you know, I, I got it. I understood it. I understood the dynamics of those decisions. But I said, I could fill in the cracks. I could do, I could do the, the stories that they couldn't do or wouldn't do or weren't able to do. And I started doing it. And I started in August of 2014. I designed the website myself and I said, okay, I'll try to sell ads. And I, when I started, I said, if I, can, if I could do one story a day, one post a day, I'd be happy. Because I wasn't doing anything. It was just something to do. And I figured once I did get a job, it would look good on my resume if I said I didn't sit around and do nothing for 10 years and I actually did something. So that was in August. And there wasn't a lot of, you know, kind of little bit drips and drabs. I spent about $400 on marketing and about it, you know, because I wasn't going to go broke doing this either. Fast forward to June of, of 15. 
and the Gazette announced that they're closing. And I went, nobody was more unhappy about the Gazette shutting down than I was. Because oh, it I wasn't like I put it I out. I make the difference. Oh, okay. Sure, 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 sure. <laughs> President Kemp, uh, employees. But I, I was like, oh, my gosh. Now I'm, this is serious. This is, now I'm the, the game in town. I am, you know, I'm not filling in stuff. I have to start covering what's happening in Rockville, what's got, in terms of the council and all that stuff. And I, I didn't want to deal with that because I didn't want to have to. I, I, and I knew the Gazette would cover that. That's news. That would be covered. So I started to expand. And I started to, like, really get myself into it and say, okay, I need to do something. And, I, you know, I, when the Gazette folded, I was very upset that, you know, I knew that the most of the people over the age of 65 or 60 weren't going to get news anymore because it wasn't going to come to their driveway. It wasn't going to come to their doorstep. It was going to be online. And how many people at that point knew how to do it? I think more and more have have adapted it. But it, it was still, a, you know, it was a it was daunting for me. It really, I kind of had a come to God moment where I was like, okay, if you're going to do this, let's do it. And then I started really working my tail off. And, uh, you know, that first year, it, it just kind of snowballed from there. Uh, you know, I started, I, I would get on social media and the social media and I would say, hey, if you're liking what we're doing, tell two friends. And I would take the old shampoo commercial and say, if they'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and so on and so on. And I would, and I would post that like three or four times a week. And people started doing it. They liked it. They showed, they shared with their friends. And the, so, the, the social media thing really made it happen. Last year in 2018, I had 367,000 unique visitors to the Germantown Pulse. That's for the entire year. For the whole year. Right. I average about 35,000 a month. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if that's really good or not. I think it's really good. Because when you consider that there's about 120,000 in the Up County what I'm covering at this point, that's about a third. Mm-hmm. I'd be hard-pressed to find someone because, frankly, if you're reading the Germantown Pulse and you're not in Germantown, you have too much time on your hands. Right. Because <laughs> I don't cover – if it happens in Gaithersburg, it happens in Rockville, if, and it doesn't really affect Germantown, I don't cover it. I'm, I really one – of the one of my early ma- uh, uh, managing editors told me, if it doesn't affect our people, we don't cover it. Know your audience. Give your audience what they want. Don't waste their time. I try my best not to do the silly clickbait stuff, but it, it's hard because the clickbait is, you know, I try my best to avoid that. If, you know, I tell people, if there was a, if God forbid there was a mass murder in Gaithersburg, right over the, right on the other side of the county park, I wouldn't cover it. Unless somebody were the murderers or the victims were from Germantown, mm-hmm. then I'd cover it. You know, it's just one of those, until you need to know, you don't need to know as far as I'm concerned. As, as a Germantown, Germantown Clarksburg resident, and it it just from there it became okay. Where 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 what is my jurisdiction? Where does Germantown begin? Where does Germantown end? And I've had this conversation with numerous people. Like, there's no, there is no Germantown. There is only the idea of Germantown, mm-hmm. which I think is part of the problem with Germantown is because it really needs to be more to it because there's 100,000 people there who are, I think, dying for somebody to say, yes, Germantown is X, Y, and Z, and we need to protect this, and we need to make sure this happens. And there's only a handful of those people mm-hmm. who are doing that. Right. And it, it kind of concer- concerns me. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that the Pulse would be a conduit to making people, giving people more, a little pride in, in Germantown. Too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm an outsider, and I'm, you know, I, I spent four years or two, about a year and a half just trying to figure out how the county government worked, mm-hmm. how, where things were, yeah. you know, the proverbial, quote, unquote, where the bodies were buried. Not that, the, not that there's any bodies buried, but, the, you know, hey, sure. where things are, how things right. work, the, how, the, how the sausage is made, as it were. And so, that's, so how do you, I mean, how do you balance being a journalist and you've got to do your job and also go out and knock on businesses and say, by an ad. I mean, well, I would think there's a, there's an inherent uh, issue there, especially when it's a one-man band like you've got. It is very difficult. 
And the, the main problem I have, I've, I've, I've always struggled with, is in, the, in, the, in the, the website game, for lack of a better term, it's all about content and, and audience. And, you, you know, I'm not, this isn't brain surgery. If you don't have an audience, why would I advertise? Well, if I don't have an audience, if I don't have content, I don't have an audience. For years, we, we um, back when I was writing for, the new, for a newspaper, for a print newspaper, you would write something and say, oh, this is great. I can't wait till everybody reads it. Well, now online, when you write something and say, this is great. I can't wait to see everybody reads it. You know exactly how many people are reading it. Mm-hmm. You know that, you know, I know that if I spend eight hours writing that budget story and deciphering, going through and slicing and dicing how much of the budget is coming for Germantown and doing all those things, I know that a relatively small number of people are going to do that, going to read that story. But I also know it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. But I also know that if I take a press release from the police department, rewrite it a little bit, spend 15 minutes making it work because somebody broke into cars, I know that thousands more people are going to read that. Mm-hmm. So you wind up having your attention pulled in, in, in ways that it shouldn't be because it has to be to make the content for the audience right. so, the, so there's an audience for the advertisers. Now, the other thing is that, okay, so the, I need content to get the audience. If I spend three days not making content, I don't have an audience. If I spend three days knocking on doors, I don't have an audience. But if I don't, spend, if I don't knock on doors, I don't have ads. I can honestly tell you 90% of the ads you've seen on Germantown Pulse are people who came to me because I don't go out and knock on doors. Because I'm a journalist. I'm not a businessman. I'm clearly I'm not a businessman because this why would I get into this business? I'm not doing this to get rich. I've spent more I've spent more money on gas getting to events than I have made doing this probably. Last year was my best. 2018 was my best year in terms of profit, mm-hmm. mostly because of the election. And I because I had all I had a bunch of ads from political folks, which is great, but I also was kicking myself because I didn't have time. I I honestly felt I dropped the ball covering the election. For two reasons, because there were a thousand candidates and I'm one person. Right. For me to go through every candidate and find out what they were, what they were made of and what they were doing, to tell my readers to be good with it, mm-hmm. I would not have slept for three months. Right. And it, it bothered me that it was this is where I was. So it's, it, that's the problem is that, you know, it, the, if you want to know how much I'm making, you can go to my website, find out the advertising rates, look at the number of ads on that site and do the math. And then you know how much I'm making. Right. Now, now take that and multiply it or divide it by 70, hour, 70 80 hours a week. Right. It's, it's not, you know, I'm not making a lot. Yeah, right. Right. Well, we're at the time where we take, usually take a break. Um, I'm Doug Tallman, senior reporter at Montgomery Community Media, speaking with Kevin O'Rourke, who publishes Germantown Pulse, a website devoted to Germantown and the Upcounty. We'll be back shortly. MCM, your community media center, is making Montgomery County a great place to live through programs like 21 This Week. Montgomery County's hardest-hitting political talk show keeps you up to date with the local political scene. Montgomery Community Media. Our middle name is Community. Okay, and we're back with Montgomery Talk. I'm Doug Tallman, senior reporter with Montgomery Community Media, and I'm speaking with Kevin O'Rourke, who publishes Germantown Pulse, a website of local news focused on the upcounty. So what's been the community reaction to your website? It's been overwhelmingly good. You know, I, one of the things that, as I said, you know, I just got finished saying that I don't make a lot of money, but I do make a lot of friends, and, I like, I mean, and, and, and people are constantly telling me, thank you. Thank you for doing this. And it, it makes it, you know, it really becomes a, the labor of love at that point. And it's because it's, it's, it's my neighbors. It's my, it's, I live in town. For the most part, I mean, there are some people who, you know, who aren't happy, but I think that, well, I think somebody once said, if you're not making enemies, you're doing something wrong. But it's, uh, you know, I don't, I, thankfully the friends are a lot uh, far outnumber the enemies at this point. 
Well, that's good to hear. I, I, I'm fascinated with a story you published on Tuesday, and I direct everyone listening to this to go to GermantownPulse.net and find the story about, his name was Tino... Valentino uh, Pritchett. Valentino Pritchett. Yes. It's the story of a young man who unfortunately died, but it's, it isn't just a story about his death. It's a story about what led to that, those events. And it was written with a great, deal of, a great deal of care and understanding. And it was written also from the point of view of somebody who, well, point of view is the wrong word, but somebody who's definitely knows the community and wants to help the community. Uh, there's a whole section in there on you know ways to help and things like that that I just was, I mean, I hung on every word. And I I think it's probably one of the best pieces of journalism I've read, well, maybe last year and this year combined. And talk about the reporting of that. It was uh, it, it, shortly after the events of that day, uh, of that, that weekend. Was it, was it a weekend? It was, it was a Monday or a Tuesday, I think. The family reached out to me to tell the story of Tino. And I generally don't like to do these stories because, as I just said, I'm in the, I'm in the community. I don't want to be the drive, the, the, the kind of fly-by media that comes in when a tragedy happens and consoles the, the, the grieving parents and, and, and puts them on television and kind of uh, abuses them. Not abuses them, but just right. ex, uh, uh, exposes them to right. all of this. And I don't want to do that because I'm going to run into these people in the grocery store. Right. And I they're my neighbors. In, in this case, they literally live very close to me. So I don't want to do that. I, I have to be a bit detached generally. I try to be a bit detached. But they came to me, and they came to me with the, the idea that we need to stop these kids from having guns and doing things with guns and the and and, and feeling the feeling the need to always have a gun with them in town because the the number the amount of violence in town for the amount of people I think is a bit absurd and frightening for me uh, and I think for most people in town now the police department will tell you otherwise that the, the numbers are wrong but I just the numbers are okay compared nationally whatever the numbers and, and you're you're very and it's a very safe town and I believe that I, I trust the police but I'm always willing to listen to somebody if they have a, an option other than just hey I wanna I wanna tell my story everybody has a story. And they they, they they came to me and, and the idea was that they wanted to tell the story and they wanted to tell that they, they believed that this wouldn't have happened had there been more had there been more things for the young folks young people in Germantown to do other than sit around and play games, play video games, and joke with each other, and possibly be doing drugs. I don't know what was going on, but it's possible. Uh, you know, the, the brother did use the quote, smoke and joke. That's what they were doing. They were smoking and joking. So I went and I talked to them, and I did the story, and I sat on it for a while because I knew it was going to be something that I needed to give attention to. I couldn't just slap it together. I knew I needed to kind of finesse it and make it work. And frankly, I just needed the time. I, you know, a lot of stuff going Going on, as I said, it's, the news doesn't stop, <laughs> and then you know, the, between uh, the holidays and going away for the holidays, going away for with my family for other things, I needed to make this right work. And I finally felt like I had the time, and I felt like I had. If I waited any longer, I couldn't do it, and I needed to to get you know, do the, to do the story. And I thank you for your kind words. It, it, I appreciate it. So th that has to be one of the high points of your publication, or, or are there, have there been others? Um, I personally think that the, uh, my, I, I, I thought my coverage of the Northwest double murder was, was, was better because it was, uh, I was, I was there. It was, a. Uh, I actually, you know, I, I have pictures of the scene which precipitated all of this because there was a, that's what, that started with a, with, with a, uh, a, a drug, drug rip where they were, where they were, some, where somebody stole an iPad, or the, actually one of the boys stole an iPad, a quote unquote iPad, which 
everybody's pretty sure at this point, or the police seem to be sure, was a bag of drugs. And that led to the revenge killing of the, 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 the two boys on the evening of uh, the graduation from Northwest. Right. And I, that, to me, was the best reporting I had done because I, was, I, I put it all together. And I, you know, the police, the police did it, but I put it I was actually, I had, I had pictures of the, the ambulance at the scene of the, where the girl was reported that, that she had been dragged by a car, which was originally came in as a pedestrian struck. And I got there and, it, you know, I, I just took a picture because that's what I do. I, go, I show up and I take a picture. And then it kind of clicked in my head that all of this happened at the same time. And I confirmed that that's what that report was. And that's who the, re- the person who made the report was. And I put it all together. And, you know, I did a number of stories on that at the time because it was it, yeah, it was just the most amazing, shocking thing that I could yeah, ever obviously, yeah. conceive of happening in a town where I lived. Right. So how do you see the future of local news? I mean, this has not been a good week for journalism. This is what, let me presage this question with this. This hasn't been a good week for local news. Gannett's had major layoffs. The Huffington Post has had major layoffs. BuzzFeed has had major layoffs. Not necessarily what you think of as local news, but the Herald Mail in Hagerstown was mm-hmm. sold to an outfit that is known for gutting its staffs. So what is the future of local news? It doesn't seem bright. And, and, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be, you know, as I said, you know, I don't know. It concerns me that you guys are the only news in Montgomery County covering the whole county. You know, you had, I, I listened to the, your podcast from a couple of weeks ago with uh, the gentleman from The Post. They're not going to do it because they don't, they have, it's not, there's no money in it for them. Mm. They're going to do what they can. They're going to be, they're going to, you know, look, I, the Dan Morris who covers crime for The Post is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He writes a heck of a story, but he's not going to be here every day. He's not going to be in the towns that you, where our people live every day. He's going to be where the story is, which is what he's supposed to do. But if there's and if there's nobody holding our elected leaders accountable and holding their feet to the fire, I don't know what we can expect because it's rigged against this. The whole system is rigged against the against the citizens, especially in this county, as far as I can see. When you can't have you can't just show up to a meeting and voice your opinion. You have to. Submit it in writing. You have to be on the. You have to have the an appointment. You're only going to be one of thirty if you're selected. It and, and that that's for almost every county meeting there is. And f- as I said, growing up in New Jersey, that's not the way it was. You got a problem? You went to the town council meeting. You showed up and said, "Hey guys, why are we doing X, Y, and Z?" You do that here, you get shouted down, or you you don't have a voice. And it's it's a, a it's a concern. I'm not uh, I'm not saying it's it's right to go there and start shouting at people, but it is an option that people have in other parts of the country. Whereas here, if you go, you're going to have to jump through the hoops that the people at the dais require you to, to, to jump through. Or you're going to have to start your own newspaper. Or you're going to have to write a letter to, to the editor. Or you're going to have to start a blog. And then you're a blogger. You know, um, I'm a blogger. I don't like to think of myself as a blogger, but I'm a blogger. You know, I, I'm, you know, but I'm not taking pictures of my lunch and, and, and posting it. Or and I'm not taking pictures of my workout. God knows that's not true. But it's, it's just a blog. But everything is a blog. And, and it's easy for the, you know, I, I've had people in, in, who work for the county tell me, well, you're just a blogger and your opinion doesn't matter. And that's fine. That's your opinion. That's okay. I, you know what? My, I never said my opinion did, but there are some people who are reading my opinion and may or may not agree with me. And believe me, not everyone agrees with me. But I have my opinion and, and, and because I have it, I can express it to others. Mm-hmm. And maybe they're not going to like my opinion of you, which is what you signed up for when you ran for office. And, you know, to, to have your decisions made, your decisions questioned. I don't, I don't know. Um, I don't do that nearly as much as, I, as, as often as I should in terms of writing editorials. Um, I try, but it's, uh, it's a slippery slope. Once you start doing it all the time, you need to do it all the time. And once you stop, you need to have a reason to do it again and pick your battles. Um, right. It's, um, and and, and frankly, 
I don't want to write an editorial about what's going on in the county unless I feel very strongly about it. But if there's something going on in Germantown or Clarksburg, that's something. And, and more difficult, it's harder. It's harder to find those things when there's a when there's a when there's a town council who's covering what's going on right here in your street. You can have an opinion. It's easier to have an opinion. And in this county, part of the problem is that. Very few people understand what's going on on their street or what's why this is happening because it's there's because there's nobody telling them because there's no town council there's no there's no rec- I, feel, I feel like very often in this county there's no recourse and I've tried to give people a, a, a recourse to send an editor write it I will gladly publish anybody who says an, a letter to, to the editor to me wants to do a long form column and I have an opinion section it's just one of those things that that I, you know I feel it is everybody's got an opinion if you go to social media everybody's got an opinion on every little thing right. But nobody wants to be in the newspaper about it, yeah. which is, you know, I guess it, it kind of, you know, Twitter, Facebook has kind of eliminated the need for an opinion page unless you are someone who's willing to write, take the time to write right. that sort of uh, response or uh, uh, piece. What's your what's been your opinion of Mark Elridge and how much time, attention he's paid at, for the up county? Well, my problem with Mark, and again, I think, you know, I don't think he's a bad, evil person or anything like that. I I think he's a good guy. His heart's in the right place. But I also think that he doesn't understand the plight of the up county at this point. In the up county, we need our cars. Mark is pretty anti-car. We need the roadways in the up county to be improved. We need the, the M83s. I don't see people ditching their cars and taking mass transit unless it really really benefits them. And I don't, you know, have as someone who who, who took man tra- mass transit into Manhattan every day, it ain't that great <laughs> uh, because you're at the mercy of the trains. And then you're not getting home until whenever the train can get you home, which is fine. But when you got to get your kids to, 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 to class, when you got to get your kids to, to practice, you got to get your kids to wherever they need to be, to dance, to football, to basketball, people aren't going to do that. People need their, their vehicles. And I feel like his inability to ration that, rationalize that, to, to come around and say, this is what we need to happen, is, 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 is a huge detriment to the up county. And I don't, you know, I, you know, he's, he's, he's staunching his beliefs and that's great. I, you know, his convictions are, 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 are true and honest, but they're the wrong convictions for the count, for the up, for the up county area. They may be great in Silver Spring and Tacoma Park, but not where we have roads that have cows on them at times. Roads where we have cows on them is a great place to stop. Yeah, very good. <laughs> so it's good to stop for the cow. Yeah, right. It, this is this has been Montgomery Talk. Uh, I've been speaking with Kevin O'Rourke, publisher of Germantown Pulse. I'm Doug Tallman, senior reporter for Montgomery Community Media. Our engineer today has been Mike Valentine. Come back to us again next time when we talk about Montgomery at Montgomery Talk. Oh.